Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Today's Michigan Man is brought to you by our friends at Hall Financial, where client satisfaction is at the core of everything they do. Speak with a mortgage expert today at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Or visit online at davidhallmortgage.com. Make sure to mention you heard about them on The Michigan Man. On today's episode, we'll be joined by Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for our May recruiting update. First, a few news and notes to get us started. Athlon has released their preseason poll, and Michigan checks in at number 10. They noted that this is a rebuilt team that is loaded with talent and has an experienced quarterback, but still some question marks. Ohio State was ranked number two behind Alabama, Penn State number six, and Wisconsin checked in at number 12. Jim Hackett has a new job. It was announced on Monday he would be the new CEO at Ford Motor Company. Hackett was CEO at Furniture Giant Steelcase for many years, and of course interim athletic director at Michigan, replacing Dave Brandon, where he headed the team that brought Jim Harbaugh back to Ann Arbor. No one will be surprised if he works his magic at the Blue Oval. Some Michigan fans are getting edgy because of the class of 2018 only has eight verbals so far. By the time this show airs, it might be nine. Uh, Jalen Mayfield from Detroit Catholic Central will announce his school of choice on Tuesday evening this evening. It is widely believed he will choose Michigan. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins me next for our May Recruiting Roundup. First, we pause for a word from this week's sponsor, Hall Financial, here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Hey, this is David Hall here from Hall Financial with a fun fact. I graduated from the University of Michigan back in the day, and I bleed maize and blue. In fact, it hurts me every time we have to hire a Spartan or even worse, a Buckeye. But, you know, they make it up to me with how well they take care of our clients. At Hall Financial, client satisfaction is at the core of everything we do. It's why we're racking up five-star lender reviews on Zillow. Speak with a mortgage expert today and call us whether you're purchasing or you want to refinance at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Or you can chat with us online. Go to davidhallmortgage.com. That's davidhallmortgage.com. Hit the chat button. Send us your questions or your situation. We'll get you back to you right away. Lower rates, better options, more personal attention. That's all financial. 248-574-8323. Restrictions apply. A Michigan licensed broker. Lender and NMLS number. 1467-435. Equal housing lender. is on our game day segment this week as we do our May recruiting update. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. As always, great to have you back on the show, Steve. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thanks again. Well, we talked in April, of course, doing the roundup, and I don't think the quarterback Joe Milton from Florida had committed by that time. I think we were waiting, but uh, let's talk about him for a minute, Steve. He's a, a four-star kid 
had a ton of offers, and of course, he's from down there in the middle of uh, SEC country. What do you like about this kid? You know, I, I like that he's basically a perfect complement to who they reeled in in 16 and 17, uh, with Peters and McCaffrey being a little bit more polished. Uh, Milton, Joe's upside is probably higher than any quarterback in this class, which, again, you put a guy with a high ceiling in the, in the hands of not just Jim Harbaugh, but Pat Hamilton, Scott Turner now also. I mean, that's three guys who have coached quarterbacks in the NFL specifically. Uh, you know, I know the Michigan coaches were more than ecstatic about this one for that reason, because they know what this guy's capable of uh, physically. Uh, I mean, I'd say, you know, when he committed, uh, it's been a few weeks now, um, in our VIP notes, you know, one of our best sources, the exact quote they gave me was, remember this day five years from now, which, you know, I've been doing this for a while now, probably the strongest single line or tidbit I've ever gotten in that in that regard as far as a prospect goes I mean that includes like Solomon and uh, Gary and Peppers so you know this is a guy I think I think Milton's a kid that fans should be really excited about he's not a day one guy I don't think he's going to walk in and compete for the starting job right away I think he's going to need a lot of refinement Um, you know because one of his detract I guess if you could say he has detractors I guess I don't know uh, point to his like I think he only completed like 50 like 45 to 50 percent of his high school of his passes last year um that's just the way he is it's just he's just raw like there's just a lot of tools there though the the unteachables i mean this guy can put his get down on one knee and throw the ball 70 yards uh you can't teach that kind of stuff he can get out of the pocket uh i i kind of liken him a little bit to a I don't. I want to say. I want to say Cam Newton. That's a really, really high. But it's the the idea that he's a guy who they're probably not going to run many design run plays for uh, if he was to be the starter. But a guy that can is big enough physically. Once he gets into the weight room, a guy that's going to build up, be six four, six five, uh, big dude. Won't be able to take get down by arm tackles. Can throw the ball a mile, uh, but can make plays on his feet when necessary. And. Uh, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, I mean, that style of guy, you know, where they're not necessarily going to be running zone reads or uh, quarterback draws or anything like that, but a guy that is going to stay in the pocket, try to make the play, but if he can't, he's going to easily get some, you know, 10, 15 yards if he needs to. So big commitment for them. You know, I know Dorian Thompson Robinson was kind of the top quarterback on the board for them. I think Dorian's going to be a great player at UCLA, uh, barring something crazy. But I think Milton is maybe the perfect complement to what they already have in the quarterback room. So um, Dorian wanted to play right away. UCLA was offering that to him. I think there's no reason, you know, if you're a kid in his position, why wouldn't you? You know, Michigan couldn't necessarily look him in the eye and say, hey, you're going to play your first year. Milton, a guy that they can wait on a little bit, develop see what happens and, and go from there. Steve, what kind of an offense does he run in high school? Is he considered more of a dual threat as opposed to a pro-style quarterback? He's a pro-style. Uh, he'd call himself a pro-style quarterback. Uh, he's definitely more of a passer than a runner. Uh, again, a guy that if if plays need to be made outside the pocket, whether that's with his arm or with his feet, he can do it. Um, but he's a guy who's going to make his reads and make a throw before he runs out of the pocket. He's not a... Uh, a happy feet uh, guy, you know, who's going to, if his first read or second read isn't there, then he's going to go for it. You know, he's a guy that's going to make all of his progressions, 
and then uh, look to throw the ball. And if not, then he'll try to get some with his feet. So, no, I think he's a, I think he's a pro-style quarterback. He's referred to himself strictly as a pro-style quarterback. So uh, that's that's what I would determine. That's what I would say he is right now. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't see it changing under under Harbaugh. Well, right now he is the only quarterback in the class. Uh, we've made another offer. We talked about this kid uh, on the April show, uh, three-star quarterback Tyler Shug. Still not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, but kid from Chandler, Arizona. And all of a sudden, he's uh, an Elite 11 invitee, and his star is, of course, rising. His offers uh, are uh, going up. What are the chances that you land another elite quarterback like that in his class? So so my crystal ball is on Michigan. Uh, I'm operating under the assumption that as long as Michigan doesn't change course, which the current course is to try to take two quarterbacks, as long as they don't change course, I think he'll eventually commit to Michigan. Um Again, I mean, I shouldn't say it's only on Michigan then, though, because it's, you know, it's going to be enticing when there's other schools that want you to be the guy. Uh, I know Florida State offered him. Florida State hasn't taken a quarterback yet this cycle. North Carolina, uh, Georgia, although Georgia wants to take two as well, uh, you know, could always end up maybe being enticed by that opportunity to be the one guy in the class. But I know when Michigan was recruiting both of these guys, both Milton and is uh, it's Shuck, I think is how you pronounce it actually, okay. which is makes no sense based on the spelling. Um, <laughs> he, they both, both kids were completely okay with being in a two quarterback class, which is rare on its own. And uh, Shuck grew up a Michigan fan, has way more connection to the program than Milton did too, uh, which is another reason why I could see them end up with both guys, just because Shuck's family grew up a Michigan fan, big Michigan fans. I think he, uh, I think before he visited, he tweeted out a picture. He was like four or five years old wearing all Michigan stuff, you know, one of those types. So um, there's that factor as well. Um, I, I think there's a legitimate opportunity. I mean, here's the thing. If you're a high school quarterback, why would you not want to play for that staff? Um, I do say Florida State probably in the same vein, though. Florida State's done a really great job, like, developing the quarterback position. And I don't think Jimbo Fisher gets enough national credit for that. But uh, like I said, you get Harbaugh, Pep Hamilton, Scott Scott uh, Turner in the same quarterback room. You'll have Peters, McCaffrey, Milton, and uh, you you want to maybe be in that room. And I guess I don't know. I mean, the worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, because it's you know the natural reaction is like, well, one at least one of these guys is not going to play legitimate minutes at Michigan. Like, there's gonna have, there's gonna have to be something. Something's gonna happen. Wouldn't you rather at least get two or three years under a staff like that, maybe before you move on to another place? I mean, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, it's maybe a little bit too optimistic about it, but they are looking at Michigan for a reason still. If you're shocked, you know, he knows it's going to be a crowded depth chart if he commits, and he's still interested and still, in my opinion, is going to go there unless something changes. So uh, I always thought quarterbacks would eventually line up to play for Harbaugh. Uh, I think it's kind of happening now. Uh Peters was a top three target in 16. McCaffrey was the top target in 17. Milton was the first quarterback that Pep Hamilton offered after he got hired. And Shuck was the second. I mean, they're the only two quarterbacks that he's offered, Pep Hamilton. So, um, you know, these are guys that he's really, really high on. So, uh, you know, like I said, I think quarterbacks are going to want to line up to play in that play for that program now and uh, i think you're starting to see it come to fruition steve last week i was reading that one of the verbals in this so far small class uh, of eight uh emil uh, echior four-star offensive lineman he was uh wondering and i don't even know who he talked to but i read this online somewhere but he was um, 
wondering if Michigan was still as high on him. Has something happened with the, or changed in his recruitment? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I've heard about that report. Um, I know for a fact Michigan wants to sign him. They're recruiting him. I don't know if it's, you know, sometimes these are kind of the early signs of somebody who wants to back out of their commitment and maybe open things back up again. You kind of hear those types of things. Uh, you know, there's not one other verbal that Michigan has out there with that, you know, is kind of not feeling like they're getting recruited hard enough or, or seeing the attention. Uh, you know, and like I said, I know for a fact that Michigan wants to sign him. So we'll see. Uh He's been kind of up and down, I guess, for the last three or four months. Uh, you know, he visited a few months ago. It went really well. I think he was at the spring game, too. Uh, you know, it went really well, I thought. The staff knows he, he's take, he's visited other schools. I think he's visited Florida State. He visited, uh, I think he might have visited Alabama, too, at some point and gotten, yeah, he did because he got offered on campus. But, um, you know, and the coaches know he's taking other visits. You, you know how it is now with this staff. doesn't really care if these kids take other visits elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so that's like, that's not a factor either. You know, it's not a hope thing where he's visiting other schools. So they're, you know, not counting him as a commit or anything like that. So, you know, if something's changed, I kind of am leaning more towards it being on his end. Uh, cause I know Michigan would like to sign him. I mean, he's one of the best interior linemen in his class. So there's no reason for Michigan not to want to sign him. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, it, it's starting to look a little more, questionable like I said these are kind of the way those types of things play out you know before a kid maybe decommits but again Michigan I believe is going to try to get him back on campus here very shortly and uh maybe they'll finally sit down and have that conversation well another offensive lineman in this class of 2018 that has Michigan high on their list is uh, James Anoba four-star offensive lineman he's from Stockbridge Georgia another Georgia kid he has offers from just about everyone down there Bama LSU Georgia everyone in the SEC, he would be another huge get from the Peach State, wouldn't he? Yeah, we could probably do like a whole two-hour show just on Michigan's recruiting in Georgia at this point. I feel like every other offer that they're making, uh, at least in the 19 class especially, is is in Georgia at this point. Uh, James is a guy, so he released a top four uh, last week. I think it was Alabama, LSU, USC, and Michigan. I was kind of surprised that Michigan was involved there, uh, not involved, but that they were included just because the last time I had talked to him, he said he wasn't hearing too much from the Michigan staff, uh, kind of a little bit of a 180 there uh, to then put them in his final four about two weeks later. And based on what he's said about his recruitment, he wants to go into engineering, uh, which I think sometimes Michigan fans shudder when they hear Michigan going up against Alabama for an engineering kid with Deshaun Hand, <laughs> who then weirdly chose Alabama when he wanted to do an engineering. Uh, you know, I think they shudder a little bit with that. But again, I, I mean, I'm still in the mindset where if I hear a kid say he wants to go into engineering and he's a 4.0 student, I think, well, it can't be a bad thing for Michigan's chances. So, uh, and that's what he is. He's a 4.0 student, claims, says he's very serious about his academics uh, as far as at the next level. So, could be be an interesting one. I mean, I, as far as I know, they would definitely take a verbal commitment from him. I think he's a he's a big dude, uh, and again, fit kind of fits. After actually speaking with him after he released his top four, he he fits a lot of what Michigan's about. Uh, sometimes you can kind of tell that about kids when you talk to them. So, you know, it'll be really interesting. They're kind of in a decent shape with their offensive line class as a whole right now. I feel like, and, and he'd be a 
you know, they'll take anybody right now. Not, not anybody, but I mean, a, a win in Georgia with a kid who has all those offers uh, would be, you know, another really nice addition to uh, the 18 class for sure. Well, closer to home, four-star offensive tackle, uh, Jalen Mayfield. He's a Detroit Catholic Central kid. I think he's supposed to announce his decision. We're taping on Monday. I, the last I'd seen it would be Tuesday, May 23rd. Um, what does your crystal ball say about this kid? I would be shocked if it wasn't Michigan. You know, he decommitted from Minnesota, I think, the day after Michigan offered him. And he's an undersized, weight-wise, undersized tackle, really is, uh, I've been calling them fry guys uh, for, for offensive tackles coach Greg Fry as far as a uh, guy who's already got it athletically and just needs to build the weight. I mean, that seems to be kind of his MO as far as the types of tackles he likes to recruit. Lucky for him, like two of the best in the country in that regard are both from Michigan with uh, with Mayfield and then Ryan Hayes up in Traverse City. Uh, you know, I think Michigan's far away leader here. I'd be very, very surprised if he didn't end up a Wolverine. Like I said, you just look at the way that uh, the timeline played out. Uh, visited Michigan, got the offer, decommitted from Minnesota, and now he's announcing like what about a month and a half, two months later. So I think he visited Michigan State in the interim, but I don't really see them as a factor. So I uh, think Michigan's in line to get some some really good news here in the next. Uh, yeah, I think it is tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I think, is when he's making it official uh, with his choice. So. Yeah, it should be in line for some good news. Well, Steve, let's talk about three uh, recent 2018 offers. Maybe not recent, but 2018 offers that are out there. Four-star linebacker, Damone Clark, um, a Louisiana kid. Uh, that's a state that we have uh, yet to make inroads in. He's committed to LSU, too. Is he uh, one of those long shots for Michigan? Uh, Well, you say Louisiana. I guess the natural response would be yes. But, um, yeah, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Michigan's got a better shot recruiting guys from Malaysia uh, at this point. <laughs> I feel like, you know, we were actually, you know, Michigan's only signed one player in school history from Mississippi and we were looking and they've like signed more players. They've had more players in the program from, I think Malaysia was the country that we picked out. They've had more players in program history from Malaysia than Mississippi. But, um, but anyway, uh, here's the thing with Clark. Uh, I actually watched him live at the army combine in January. Very, very good prospect. He also has a Stanford offer, which is very noteworthy uh, for anybody, but lends me leads me to believe that he may have some interest in at least coming up and visiting Michigan. Uh, again, you go down south; those all those kids are going to eventually visit places anyway. I mean, he's not he he may sign with LSU, uh, very well may sign with LSU, but he's almost assuredly going to take visits. So, uh, I see a Stanford offer, and I think well. Kid must be a good kid, good kid in the classroom. Must be a real smart kid. So you know he's probably going to give some of these other schools a shot. With Stanford, Michigan being two of them. So you know with Dallas Gantt committing to Ohio State, I think it's still slightly up in the. I think they'd like to take one linebacker, like one true linebacker, which is like a non-viper linebacker in this class. Uh, it's just be a matter of do they want to reach or do they want to find the right fit. I think Clark is a guy that would be in the right fit category if they can end up uh, reeling him in. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Louisiana's just been really tough. Not going to get any easier with the uh, removal of Michigan from the uh, Tulane satellite camp last week either. Not going to get any easier for them in that state. So we'll see. Another state that 
we would like to make inroads in is Texas. And an interesting uh, kid down there is four-star offensive tackle, defensive tackle, sorry, Bobby Brown from uh, Arlington, Texas. He's another big kid, 6'4", 275. He has offers from everyone in the SEC. Is he another reach for Michigan, Steve? You know, I, did they increase their, yeah, they increased their defensive tackle board by a, a few guys, I feel like, in the last couple weeks or so. Not sure if that means anything with, uh, New Jersey's Tyler Friday, who's kind of been their top target there. But, uh, Brown's a guy from what I know is like, seems pretty wide open. Uh, you know, Texas is starting to get a little bit of momentum on the recruiting trail with Tom Herman. I know they've been mentioned with him frequently. I think Oklahoma has also been mentioned with him frequently too. And then uh, Alabama also, uh, you know, I look at an offer like that and I think that's a guy they just got to get on campus, you know, and then they can kind of go from there. Very good player though. I think we have him in our, inside our top 150, uh, pretty like a boss in the middle, like Texas turns out defensive tackles like nothing. So uh, could be one to watch if they can get him on campus this spring or summer. Uh, not aware that he's doing that so far, but again, they just offered. So, uh, I think they'll probably work him a little bit. I'm sure Greg Madison is probably the uh, the lead recruiter there in that one. And, and to this day, I think Madison's still one of the two or three most aggressive assistants uh, on the recruiting trail on the Michigan staff. So uh, he'll always have him in the race. It's just be a matter of getting him up to Michigan and, you know, seeing if it's a place that he feels like, uh, you know, he'd consider strongly. Another state that we uh, would like to, get, you know, have some inroads in is uh, Tennessee. And there's a kid down there that we're offering, four-star offensive tackle, Jerome Carvin. And this kid is huge, uh, 6'4", 325 pounds. His <laughs> offer sheet, just very impressive. Uh, do you think he's serious about us? Now, Carvin's one I think Michigan will have a real shot with if they decide to push. Tennessee, not a bad time to maybe try to get in uh, with some players there just because I think, you know, Butch Jones is probably – I don't know if he's coaching for his job this year. I mean, you got to think at some point he may be, uh, you know, and, and Tennessee's kind of, I always kind of called Tennessee. There's a few states, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, uh, Missouri, states that people don't really talk a lot about as far as being like elite and producing some big time recruits. But Tennessee's always good for eight or nine, like legit four stars, like level prospects each cycle, uh, sometimes more. Uh, Carvin, yeah, is big. Uh, I think they're like all huge at this point. I feel like it's a surprise when a kid isn't like 320, <laughs> like 6'6 at this point. Um, but, but a guy that I feel like Michigan has a really, really good shot with if they decide to push, uh, when they're making offers at this point, I feel like it's position. It's, uh, these are position offers as far as like they're trying to position themselves on the kid's board and maybe make a push down the road if things still fall. Uh, by the wayside with some other targets. Again, we talked about Echior. Maybe it's a contingency plan if something falls apart there because I think Carvin probably projects inside. So um, one to watch, though, for sure. I think of the guys we've talked about so far, I think Carvin probably the guy I think they have the best shot with of the ones that we've talked about so far as an interior interior guard on the offensive okay. line, for sure. Well, other than Mayfield, who we talked about, is going to be making his announcement tomorrow, May 23rd. Uh, again, we're taping uh, on Monday. So that would give us nine in the class uh, are there any other players that we're, we are after that are set to make decisions in the coming weeks? I don't think so. Uh, you know, we originally thought that Ryan Hayes, uh, the four-star out of Traverse City, the offensive tackle, that he'd probably be trying to wrap it up sometime in the near future. Not sure if that's the case anymore. Um, you know, I don't know why. I still think – I don't think it means anything regarding Michigan. I think Michigan's still the heavy favorite there. I think Notre Dame maybe the one other school he's still – 
heavily considering, um, but I think it'd be a big surprise if he ended up elsewhere. Uh, but I do think he's going to take a little bit more time. So, you know, because Hayes, Mayfield were kind of guys that we looked at as May decisions originally. Hayes, it doesn't appear so at this point. Um, and besides him, no, I think it's, I think you're really going to start to see the board get smaller and you're going to see it's going to be more of a stretch run thing now where whether whether some of these kids move up their timeline to sign in December, you know, and make decisions or stretch it out to signing day in February. But I think you're going to see a little bit more. Uh, it's just going to slow down, you know, and, and they, they do have a small class. They're they're after top of the board type guys still. So you're not going to see them reach too far down, you know, just to take a few more verbals. I think they're going to wait it out and, uh, you know, finish up strong. Again, they got the draft now that they can pitch. The APR is another really big thing that happened for them, I think. That's something they can take on the recruiting trail. And uh, even the Rome trip, you know, are things that Michigan can kind of pitch to these elite guys. Say, hey, we'll put you in the NFL, you'll get a good degree, and we'll make sure you get a good degree, and uh, we'll go take a a world trip in the spring too, every spring maybe. So uh, I think it's going to slow down. So Mayfield really the only one on my radar as far as I know right now. With us on our game day segment this week for our May recruiting update is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve, looking ahead for a minute to some future classes, uh, Coach Harbaugh and the staff are stacking up the quarterbacks as we know, and that's always a good thing. He's made a couple of offers recently that are very interesting. There's this uh, Harrison Bailey kid. He must be some kind of a talent, Steve. After his freshman year in high school last year, he had offers from Bama, Florida State, Georgia, and now Michigan. What's your take on him? Very. He's So he visited Michigan, I want to say it was in February. Uh, I was a little surprised, actually, that Michigan didn't offer then. Um, but then, then they offered it now, which I thought was kind of a peculiar timing because I, I believe he'll be up for the A4 in June. Here's the thing, like a lot of those schools too that have offered him, like aren't schools that normally offer quarterbacks this, this early, you know? And so I think it speaks a little bit to maybe how you unique of a talent uh, this kid is. He, if you, if you YouTube him, you can find the highlights from when he was like six years old, which is ridiculous, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just how out of hand, I guess, parts of the process have gotten, but this is a guy who like has kind of been known, uh, you know, by, by my, like myself or, or others that cover this is a name that we've heard for a few years already. So, uh, but again, like I said, you get Florida State too is another one. Like they don't throw out scholarship offers to quarterbacks early uh, to just anybody. So I think he's going to be a big name. I know he really liked Michigan in February uh, when he was out there. I wasn't really in the process of interviewing 2020 prospects at that point yet. And I probably still really am not unless I have to. Um, but I think he's a guy, again, Michigan's going to be in the race just because kids are going to want to play quarterback there. Uh, and, you know, they, this is the second 2020 quarterback they've offered, though. They offered a kid out of Hawaii uh, during one of their satellite camps last year. So, uh, But Bailey, special prospect. I mean, if I had to project, I mean, he'd probably be the top quarterback in that class um, early on. So, yeah, interesting. I was, like I said, I was a little surprised by the timing. I'm assuming that Partridge probably swung by his school uh, since he's like living in Georgia now and they, uh, you know, extended the offer when they came by his school, you know, in anticipation of him coming on campus as an offered prospect for, uh, for a four next month. Well, you mentioned the, uh, the staff offered this young man from Hawaii, Saul J. Uh, Mayava, I believe is his name. Really haven't heard much about him. What kind of a quarterback is he? So he's more, he's straight. He's more of a dual threat. Uh, I think he reminds a lot of guys 
uh, I don't know if many listening out there would know, but of uh, Tua Tagovailoa, the kid that committed to Alabama uh, last last cycle here, the the 17 cycle. Uh, I think he finishes one of the two or three highest ranked quarterbacks in the class. Uh, like very similar, actually, both lefties, uh, both dual threats, um, guys that can you know make plays out of the pocket. But again, I mean, he was only a freshman last year. Uh, but they work with him one on one. That's that's always a significant offer, you know, when you when it's when it's at a camp, uh, when you actually are working with the kid, not just going off of like film. You actually get to see him in person. So it's been quiet there, but it's going to be quiet with those kids for a while. Like I said, I I know me for one, I'm to try to avoid uh, pestering those young kids that are just starting the process. Um, but again, like you look at a guy like Bailey, who's already got like. 19 or 20 and he's got all the big ones almost already so it's you know it's sometimes it's, you can't it's crazy so they're already in the process you know so um but but yeah i mean i would assume they'll keep their quarterback board pretty small i mean that's more quarterbacks than they've offered in 19 so they've offered one more and because they've only offered jt daniels in 19 uh so they've offered two in 20 already so you know kind of interesting uh i think it speaks a lot to what they feel like what they see in those two though because like I said, they they haven't even put a second offer out in nineteen in the nineteen class yet. So, uh, but again, eternities uh, until probably until those recruitments are figured out or decided. Yeah, and you just mentioned J T. Daniels. Is he? Do uh, you think he's a a so- not a solid, but is he someone who's really really interested in Michigan? I think so. Uh, interesting stat. So Stanford offered him a couple weeks ago when he was on campus. I want to say it's the last four or five cycles. Stanford has offered only one quarterback in each cycle and they've gotten all of them. Uh, So it's almost like when Stanford offers a guy, they almost offer him knowing that they're going to eventually get him. So I know Daniel's crystal ball went flipped to Stanford after they made the offer. So I, I, you know, I got to assume they're the prohibitive favorite right now, but he will also be on campus for a four um, 19 is just going to be interesting though, just be, if they do sign to an 18, you know, because it's going to be really hard to convince a 19, an elite 19 kid, especially one of his caliber. He's probably gonna be the number one quarterback prospect in that class. It'd be really difficult, uh, to convince him to come in and play, uh, you know, behind four, um, you know, prime talents in my opinion. I mean, I think Tyler Shuck is right up there nationally, uh, you know, is, is, with some of the best in the 18 class right now. So, you know, it'll be interesting if they can work their way into that race. I know Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame, USC, Stanford, Michigan, uh, I think it's one of those types. And then the other thing, look, the West, a lot of the West coast kids, like the California guys, you don't usually go too far though. Uh, if you look at the past, like six or seven cycles, it's usually SC gets who they want out of California. Stanford usually gets a California kid, UCLA, you know, with Josh Rosen and, and then Thompson Robinson from Vegas. So, uh, you know, we'll see. He is coming on his own dime, though, and it will be a second visit. He visited last year with uh, his seven-on-seven team. I think it was, like, last April. Uh, so he's been on campus, uh, but the A4 camp will be a whole different beast. I think it's a unique opportunity for them recruiting-wise just because it's another one of those things that nobody else really offers, you know. So, uh, you know, it'll be their it'll be their best chance to get a good shot in and, and see where they may, maybe where they stand afterwards. Well, as far as the verbals go for 2018, we have eight. Uh, if Mayfield commits this week, that will bring it up to nine. 
We've already talked about Joe Milton and Demil Echior, but the others are, you know, all four-star for the most part. Uh, Miles Sims, cornerback, uh, great linebacker Otis Reese, who I know you like. Uh, Michigan legacy Aiden Hutchinson from Dearborn, Divine Child. Uh, Christian Turner, who's a running back. And then we've got the twins, the Green Brothers from Texas. And again, uh, that's only eight commits but right now, but it is a very high-quality group, Steve, isn't it? Yeah, I keep telling people to, like, not sleep on the the twins from Texas as being, like, because like, I think German, I think they're both, German's definitely a three-star because I don't really think he barely played last year. He tore his ACL. Uh, those are both, like, Jem and Green was, like, legitimately near the top of their cornerback board, uh, a guy that they apparently are really enamored with. And, uh, like I said, it's been a couple months since they've committed. So, you know, when they other, when they committed, we reached out, tried to figure out a little bit more about German because uh, they want to play together. So you always kind of wonder, you know, are they that in love with Jem and that they take, you know, his brother and sort of work, you know, work on him as a project. But it's, it sounds like a lot of people in the Dallas area think that a 100% healthy German green uh, might be even better than Jemin. So I think those are those two guys are the two I can, when I look at the list, uh, those are the two guys I don't think get talked about enough as far as being like legit, like pulls for them. Uh, Miles Sims was a top of the board guy, like the top of the board. Otis Reese was a top of the board guy. Uh, Hutchinson was at or near the top of the board. You know, his legacy status doesn't hurt, but he's still a really good football player. Um, Emil was, you know, despite, I guess, maybe what he thinks, I guess, I don't know. He's a, but he's a top of the board type guard for them. Uh, and then we've talked about Milton. So, you know, Christian Turner too is a guy, uh, you know, people get a little bit too star crazy. I think this staff is really good. They've already proven, you look at what like Metellus has done already. Uh, you look at uh, Eddie McDoom was a three star. You look at uh, even a, like a Kakua Crawford was pretty highly ranked, but he kind of slid down the rankings near the end. But, you know, they made good evaluations there. So these guys are really good at figuring out what they want. Uh, if, if Don Brown wants a guy on defense, I'm not really one to question uh, whether or not he should just because the the track record is, is there. So, you know, those are three guys, though, the Green Twins and then Christian Turner are guys I don't think fans uh, are talking about enough or maybe are as excited enough about uh, as they should be. Well, last question for you, Steve. I think uh, since the last time you and I talked, the NCAA has um, announced or mandated, whatever you want to call it, the uh, the early signing period in December. How much does that change the game? It makes it harder for the kids. I feel like I think this, and I don't know. It, 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 I think the early official visits are going to be great, but the uh, the signing period is really just a big nothing for me. Uh, it's just going to force staff to like figure out some recruiting that they wouldn't have had to figure out while they're probably trying to prep for a bowl. I mean, can you imagine if Michigan's in the playoffs or in the Rose Bowl and they got to take, you know, a three day period before, right before Christmas to try to, you know, recruit uh, and during a period where they normally wouldn't have to, you know, I think it just throws a lot of unnecessary addition into their schedules. I think it, you know, if you're a kid like like an Aiden Hutchinson, great example. It's good for him because we know he's going to go to Michigan, so he'll just sign in December and it'll be over a month and a half uh, before it would have been anyway. But at the same time, there's no other schools who are probably really going to be recruiting him at that point anyway because he's so solid to Michigan. So it doesn't really uh, free up, you know, the things that I think that they thought. Uh, I'm still a big advocate of saying that I think that the NCAA is just trying to look tough. Uh, and making just dumb rules while not addressing like the real issue. 
are real issues of, uh, you know, like we just posted last week, former, uh, Michigan commitment, Kai Leon Herbert, uh, who ended up signing with Miami, our Miami site did a, a really good Q and a with him and asked him what the weirdest recruiting pitch he got was. And there was a school that told him if he committed there, that he'd play from day one on and that his family would be taken care of. <laughs> and it's like, that's the real issue, right? In my opinion, because no, we're not dumb. Like that stuff goes on and nothing gets happened to try to fix it. Instead, they make these like dumb, like these dumb, like limiting satellite camps to where the sound mind, sound body camp may not even happen this year, which has been one of the best things for high school prospects that I've seen since I started doing this. And that may be gone now because they're making dumb rules instead of actually addressing the real issues. So uh, I think this second signing period is just another one of those where it's going to make the schools, it's going to force the school and the kid to make an earlier decision, maybe allow the school to move on or to, or the kid to move on if they're not fully committed to a certain school. But, you know, I don't, I just don't really see it. I think the cons outweigh the pros. It just puts a lot more pressure on, on people during a period of time where they uh, maybe don't really need it or it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, I know. And, you know, everyone loved national signing day. It became a huge day on the calendar for college football fans. And, of course, uh, the coaches had more time uh, those last few weeks to get out there and get after players and uh, close up deals. But uh, well, I shouldn't say deals, but uh, close in on commitments. But, well, you could say deals. You could say deals <laughs> in some situations, Mike. You know, a lot of times in the quest to make things better and sort of a we're doing it for the kids kind of mentality, the NCAA comes up, as, as what you said, as some really screwball ideas. And the logic in this just escapes me. And from the NCAA's statement uh, the day they rendered this decision i just still for the life of me can't figure out who this benefits look at the analyst rule like why would they what, what difference does it make if michigan if michigan wants to hire devin let's just say michigan hired devin bush senior because they really wanted devin bush junior like like so many sec acc people say who cares put a cap on the amount of analysts you can sign but for now, with a school signs an analyst from a certain high school and it's not an on-the-field coaching position, they can't recruit that school for two full seasons now. So, like, Auburn hired, I think it was Opelika, high school, Opelika Alabama, they hired their high school coach as an off-the-field analyst. Auburn can't recruit that high school now for the next two years. So there could be a tenth, ninth, 10th grade kid there who's dreamed of playing at Auburn his entire life who can't now because his high school coach took what was probably a better opportunity – you know, to better his career and, and to get paid more money and to work at the college level. Now this kid can't play there. You know, it's just, it's stupid. And, uh, you know, just like the satellite camp, like putting the limitation on the satellite camps. Well, who cares if Michigan wants to do 50 of them? Well, what's, what, who's like, what's the difference? What, what if there are some underlying recruiting practices behind it? You know, the, there's still a million benefits out there for it. You know, the kids get exposure the high schools get exposure. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just, they're just so nearsighted, you know, it's just like, I feel like Michigan got penalized for working too hard, you know, when they went on 40 or 45 of them last year. And then you got SEC coaches complaining they want to spend more time with their family uh, <laughs> when they're making five, $6 million a year, you know, to try to win a national championship. And you got a guy out here making seven, who's doing pretty much everything he can to try to build the program while doing things that are beneficial for prospects and local high schools, and they're the ones getting penalized. Like, you know, it just never adds up. Uh, but, 
you know, like I said, I, I said it before when, when Michigan started the whole satellite camp thing, uh, I think they knew it would have a short shelf life. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, they went so crazy last year with them. Cause I think they knew it was going to have a short shelf life and that the NCAA would try to put a stop to them. So, you know, yeah, it's just none of the rules make any sense for the kids. Again, here we are. You know, we got kids out here interviewing publicly, making public quotes about getting their families taken care of, and uh, nothing's being done about that type of stuff. No, never a dull moment when it comes to the NCAA and their way of thinking. So we'll see what's yep. next. Uh, thankfully, uh, we probably won't get any uh, new rules or improvements until next year in the spring, so we'll wait and see. At any rate, uh, we thank, as always, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for joining us on our May update. It's been a busy month. We, as you said, Steve, probably slows down a bit here in the next month or two as we, uh, believe it or not, get ready for the start of uh, training camp. We'll get you back on in June and see what's happening, if anything's changed. But as always, my listeners love hearing from you. We thank you again. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks as always. Softball and baseball news is next on Quick Hits here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. First, a word from this week's sponsor, our friends at Hall Financial. Hey, this is David Hall from Hall Financial with a fun fact. I graduated from the University of Michigan back in the day and I bleed maize and blue. In fact, it hurts me every time we have to hire a Spartan or even worse, a Buckeye. But they make it up to me with how well we take care of our clients. At Hall Financial, client satisfaction is at the core of everything we do. And it's why we're racking up five-star lender reviews on Zillow. Check them out. Speak with a mortgage expert today. Give us a call whether you're purchasing or you want to refinance your home mortgage at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Or you could chat with us online. Go to davidhallmortgage.com. Hit the chat button. Send us your situation or your questions at davidhallmortgage.com. Lower rates, better options, more personal attention. That's all financial. 248-574-8323. Restrictions apply. A Michigan licensed broker. Lender and NMLS number. 1467-435. Equal housing lender. On Quick Hits today, the number 20-ranked University of Michigan softball team could not complete its seventh-inning rally, leaving two runners stranded in the bottom of the frame to fall to number 6 Washington 4-2 in the NCAA Regional Championship on Sunday at the Husky Softball Stadium. With the loss, the Wolverines were eliminated from the NCAA tournament. In addition to All-American pitcher Megan Betza, Seniors Kelly Christner, Lindsay Montemorano, and Abby Ramirez appeared in their final game in the maze in blue. The quartet contributed to a 202-43-1 record over its Michigan tenure with three Big Ten titles and two appearances in the Women's College World Series. The Wolverines end the season with a 43-13 record. So congratulations to Coach Carol Hutchins and her team on another great season. Rest assured... They will be back next year in the thick of the Big Ten race and probably back in the NCAA tournament. It will be another reload year, not one of rebuilding. After eight scoreless innings, the number 16-ranked University of Michigan baseball team scored one run in the ninth to force extra innings and added a run in the top of the tenth to claim a 2-1 to victory at Michigan State on Saturday at McLean Stadium in the final home game of the regular season. Michigan will now advance to the Big Ten tournament for the fifth straight season, as the Wolverines have advanced to the postseason each year under the guidance of head coach Eric Bockage. 
The Maize and Blue finished the 2017 regular season with a 42-13 overall record and a second-place finish in the Big Ten Conference. The number 16-ranked Wolverines will return to action on Wednesday as they face off against Northwestern in the first game of the Big Ten Conference Tournament. First pitch is set for 1.30 p.m. at Bart Kaufman Field at the University of Indiana. Thanks again to recruiting expert Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for joining us on our May update. He'll be back again in June with all of the latest recruiting news. Our next regular show will air on June 7th. Remember, we're on our summer schedule of two shows a month and the Michigan Man Extra each month. Our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. We can also be heard on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Wolverine Sports Radio. A big thank you to this week's sponsor, our friends at Hall Financial, where client satisfaction is at the core of everything they do. Speak with a mortgage expert today at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Or visit them online at davidhallmortgage.com. Make sure you tell them the Michigan man sent you. That will do it for another show. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone, and a great Memorial Day weekend. Take a minute in some way to pay your respects to those brave men and women who have sacrificed so much for our freedom. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. We'll see you back here with our next Michigan man on June 6th. Until then, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!